Products rated E to M. Hi, it's Larry Herb, Xbox's Major Nelson. Welcome to the official Xbox podcast. You have found us, you've liked us, you've subscribed, you've rang the bell, you've jumped through the hoops, and now you get us. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, Rebecca. <laughs> this is not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it is. I mean, we get Rebecca's finally back this week. I mean, not that Malik wasn't great, but uh, it's great <laughs> to have Rebecca back. You are you're on holiday, correct, Rebecca, as they say in the in Europe? Yes, I yeah, on holiday. I went on vacation to the Caribbean. Do I look uh, do I look nice and tan? You but... see a lot of Mets hats when you're in the Caribbean. A lot of Mets. <laughs> and a lot of sunburn, I just saw a too. lot of khaki shorts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, hey, I have khaki shorts. You're probably wearing them right I now. Mean, I am not. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. Anyway, well, welcome back from your holiday, Jeff. Uh, it's good to see you again, as always. You and I haven't seen each other. You've been you've been busy for the past few days and haven't had time for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> wow. Wait, a, wait, thanks, Mom. I know I don't call as often as I should. Uh, so... Actually, my mom doesn't guilt trip me as badly as you do. Let's get lunch this weekend. Anyway, uh, let's let's get into the show. We'll talk about what we're playing. Uh, Jeff, actually, Rebecca, I assume you probably have. I mean, we haven't talked about this, but I assume you haven't had a chance to play since you've been playing the uh, playing the vacation game. Yeah, I've had a hard time catching up. Uh, work is starting to get pretty busy these days, you know, adult gamer problems. Um, but I do have a couple games that I downloaded and I'm looking forward to playing this weekend. So one of them is uh, the, both of them are out on Game Pass, I'm pretty sure. Uh, first is the new Guardians of the Galaxy game, which I think just came out a couple weeks mm -hmm. ago on yeah. Game Pass, like an yeah. action adventure. Um, so that sounded kind of cool. So I don't know, have either of you guys played that game? Yeah, I beat it uh, when it when it came oh, out, good. and um, I would say well worth your time. Uh, really nice. fun. It took a little bit of time for me to get into it, but I feel like okay. they don't make games quite like this anymore, like a third person uh, wow, action that would come adventure out of my mouth. with a what lot is, of story. I know. <laughs> as I said it, I was like, "Let me tell you about the '80s." Um, but <laughs> the, <laughs> we'll have to talk about Hurdle later, by the way. But. Um, I was like, I was like, I was just thoroughly enjoying it because you really, it really, you're spending most of the time with Rocket and with Gamora and Drax and Groot. You really end up spending a lot of time with each of the characters and learn a lot about them. But I really enjoyed it. Got me back into it and excited for whatever's next in in that world. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. Nice. Okay, so, I'll report back. What, what else? What um, else? Are you also, queued up? Have you guys heard of Weird West? Yeah, so, it's, uh, it just hit Game Pass. I, I know. Oh It looks really cool. It kind of reminds me of um, Disco Elysium, but set in like a Western mm. setting. At least that's kind of how it looks just from what I've seen online. I downloaded it. I kind of watched the trailer. So the fact that you're comparing to Disco Elysium, which was considered like game of the year. Was it last year or the year before? Yeah. Um, so that's that's a good one to draw comparisons to. So let us well, know. Well, we'll see. I, I say that without having played it. I'm just basing that off of, of like how it yeah. looks as far as like narrative. And yep. we'll see. Um, but I don't know. Jeff, what are you playing? Yeah. Uh, so I'm doing a little bit of work travel, but uh, over the weekend, still going really strong in Fortnite with zero build mode. As we talked about last week, it's a permanent mode now. I think we racked up about a half a dozen victory royales over the weekend, which... Um, half dozen? How many games were, were you we playing? We were like... That's quite a bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we played about 15 games. So we were we were on it. Like Is if you ran you into your us, daughter? there was a good chance we ran over you. Uh, we were running a quad with, <laughs> with some other folks. Uh, Lena from Strawberry 17 and and Sean, who's who's on our team. And we just had we had good chemistry. And um, uh, Lena definitely carried us. But we'll be getting back into that. I think uh, more more later this week. And uh, still continuing the the Elden Ring grind. I'm into the the Land of Giants or something like. That. I think I'm pretty far. I thought it was the Land the of Giants when I spawned in there and I saw the giants walking by. There's even <laughs> so, more, even more. Oh, even th- more. Those are those are just baby trolls compared to some of the stuff that comes later. But um, I, I have like a lot of forward momentum and and it just it feels good. I have unfortunately not gotten the Elden Ring train. I've been busy <clears throat> writing and finishing. The Tunic Train, which I know, Jeff, you said you oh. wanted to play. And Rebecca, I recommend you go check that out if you have some time. It's unforgiving. Oh, but you beat it. But I beat it. And I, I must, I, in full disclosure, <laughs> you've Jeff, been forgiven. I know, in full disclosure, I did use the uh, the part of the option that you uh, tipped me yeah, off. Yeah, in the accessibility. Under accessibility, yeah. which, which Rebecca, there's a, there's, I don't remember this conversation. There's an option under accessibility to essentially give you, uh, bottomless or infinite health it never really goes mm-hmm. down so you still have to fight the bosses you just don't you know wave at them and they go away you still have to use some strategy to but you but they're not wearing you down continuously and you're not dying continuously um but i finished that and that just it's such a beautiful game and it's so complicated and i know we had <clears throat> we had the uh developer on a few weeks ago and he he was very you know tight-lipped about it because you want to have someone enjoy the story and mm-hmm. boy did i i'll just say this is it's on game pass check tunic out and give you know if you're having some challenges with the bosses um go it's under accessibilities and try it out no shame in it. Just do it and move on. You know, you don't want to get frustrated to the point with any game where right. you're like, ah, and you're just like throwing the controller and you walk away from it. Like if, if give it a go. And yeah, that's exactly how I plan on playing Tunic. Like if, it, if I get to the point where I'm just like getting frustrated with it, I'm just going to flip those settings, move past it and keep going. You still have to figure out all yeah. the puzzles, right? You still have, you still, to, figure like you said, puzzles. You have to figure out all the puzzles. It's just, it yeah. helps you out in the combat side. And, and that's been my, that's been my jam for the past week. Nice. nice. Uh, Very and cool. then and then I just started playing and Jeff, I see you have it over your right shoulder there. There it is. Star Wars Star Wars. Turn the it on. Let me connect saga. my controller. So I was watching, I downloaded <laughs> this this morning, and I was watching uh Greg Miller was on our stream and and uh Swift Door as well. I think I just started the game. Oh my god. I'm not ready for this. And uh it looks so good. It looks really good. So uh I'm I'm going to carve out some time, even if it's before I beat Elden Ring, uh, just because they really changed a, a number of things within the game in terms of like how close you are, like it's an over the shoulder uh, game as opposed to like an isometric action game, like the sort of older Lego games were. They also have voices for the first time. So you're hearing a lot of these classic lines in yeah. Star Wars that you never heard before. One of the scenes I was watching uh, Greg play and it was like, he goes into Mos Eisley and you're hearing, you know, the song and you're hearing like, you know, yeah. I don't like you either. And yeah. you know, all this, all this type of stuff. So um, I'm very excited for this one. Well, we, and later on in the show, we've got an interview with Mike, uh, Mike Consalve, who's the level designer for TT games. And he talks about that. We'll see some more gameplay there. There's a funny little scene with, uh, with Han and Greedo that you'll see, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but that's, that's out and that's available now on multiple platforms. And, and to your point, Jeff, it looks amazing. 
it just looks really cool. So if you have Xbox Series yeah, X, or it looks S, really cool. It looks a lot of fun. So that's that one. In fact, I, I I feel like we should you know we got we got lots to talk about with the with the shows. If you have anything else you guys want to talk about, otherwise, I think maybe we should get into the interviews. Yeah. So first up, like Larry mentioned, we have Mike Consalvi talking about Lego Star Wars. We have Ramon Russell, uh, MLB The Show, which is uh, arriving on Xbox Game Pass, and then we also have Chris Charla from the ID at Xbox team, which is celebrating nine years this year um, which is kind of crazy that's about the same time i started working at xbox too and it's it's great how time flies but i can't wait to hear how that program has grown and just hear from chris so let's go into it lego star wars the skywalker saga is now available for fans of uh, lego games i mean these are amazing games and i am really excited to have joining me today mike consalve who's a level designer for tt games mike thanks for thanks for joining us it's a absolute pleasure to be here i can't believe it's it's here the game is here everyone's loving it i'm so excited well congratulations i mean it's always it's always a, a feat to ship a game but to ship a star wars game and a lego game i mean that's that's kind of pretty amazing work tell us about the, the skywalker saga because this is i mean this is kind of in some ways the definitive star wars experience right because it's 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 all of the uh, all the chapters of the story i mean yeah that's exactly right that's what the mentality was going into this game it's like really the complete celebration of what star wars means but of course, in our traditional Lego humor, like we're still we're bringing that sort of uh, experience back to fans. But like, yeah, this is the total package of what it means to be a Lego Star Wars game, but built completely from the ground up. Now we've had we've been playing Star Wars games and Lego Star Wars games and all the different types of various Lego games over the years, and they, there's always there's a couple things that are hallmarks of the games. One, you usually play with a friend. Two, there's incredibly wonderful cheeky humor in there. Uh, and and three, they just kind of capture the 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 universe they're in. In this case, Lego, or excuse me, Star Wars and Lego, kind of perfectly, and bring them together in such a beautiful way. Tell us about bringing you know this incredible story, the Star Wars, the the Skywalker saga. Tell us about bringing it to life in the Lego universe and how you had to straddle being true to both of those IPs. Well, if you if you look at the combination of Lego Star Wars, it goes beyond even the original Lego Star Wars game. Like the toy range itself was a bit of a, a genius move on Lego and Star Wars on their part to actually merge these two worlds together and see what the possibilities were in terms of like what can you create from Star Wars out of Lego. And it's endless when you really look at all the things that we've been able to see since then. So rolling things forward now to twenty twenty two, it's sort of like what does it mean to be a Lego Star Wars game in this day and age? And how can we take advantage of the new technology that we have to really tell this gigantic story across all these nine films and so many different planets and all these levels that we're throwing into that? It's just, it's just really exciting for fans to get this brand new sort of experience in this way. Yeah, I mean, we're, playing, we're seeing some of the gameplay right now. And it just, first of all, I've had a chance to play the game. It's beautiful. And I, I don't know if this is what you recommend because part of the game allows you to kind of start in a couple of different areas with what chapter you'd like to start in. I started right there at the beginning at chapter one. Is that what you recommend? Do you know what? It's one of the core pillars of the game is the level of freedom that we're given to the players. So it really is entirely up to you and entirely what the players like to do, which of the, the free trilogies that they have their own preferences for. So we're just immediately giving the players the choice. Like me personally, I started my own playthrough when I got my, uh, my copy today and immediately i thought i'm going to jump into the theatrical release order and start with the original trilogy right. and then i do plan to go to uh the prequels and the sequels but like 
we really can't say there's one wrong way to do it. It's entirely up to players how they want to experience what they feel like they want to do within this universe. I want to ask you about, you know, as a level designer there, you know, it's a little different in this case because you have canon with the Star Wars universe and you kind of, you you know, you need to respect that and you did amazing. I've only played, you know, five or six levels and it's amazing. But tell us about what that was like working with, with Lucasfilm and, and Disney on this, frankly, this, this extraordinary, uh, collection of, 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 of sets and planets and stories and this world that, that they've built. Well, uh, when we, when we look back at the previous Lego Star Wars games, that we made in the past with the original and then the the second one that we did was the original trilogy and then merging them all together with a complete saga we've had a really good relationship with uh lucasfilm and now lucasfilm and disney when it comes to making these games so well at the same time with this one we didn't want to really sort of tread the same ground as we did the, with the original games but of course we have to still stick to what makes star wars what it is so it's like it's really choosing carefully what segments that we want to have players play out this time round compared to what we've done in the past so it's like it is the familiarity of what fans expect from when they play a lego star wars game but at the same time it's keeping things fresh and keeping things new but a lot of that is tied into how the game feels at its very core like with the new camera changes that we've got into there and how the combat works so it's all it's just a collection of all these new things that just make star wars just feel brand new to what players have have experienced before yeah let's can we talk about that because we talked about the, there's there's you know like hundreds of characters that are i mean beyond it because there's so many in the in the universe tell us about the camera changes because i saw some chatter online about that and some people had some comments about that tell us what that means for folks that have played previous games so with the new camera changes it's sort of like we're giving the players the complete 360 degree uh free control over the camera because like when you look at the core audience of these games of them being family games at their core it's sort of like what are like kids playing in this day and age compared to how potentially like adults were playing the original lego games in the first place so it's sort of like how do we consider both the young and old audiences into what we feel like players are playing like in this day and age so one of the, the camera change was one of the core changes that we felt like would be a more modernized take on what Lego Star Wars is, and then combining that with all the new combat features and all that sort of thing. Yeah, let's talk about the combat because I noticed right off the bat because I started Chapter One. There's it's it's you know it's prompting you and it's helping because some of these games are for younger players, but it's helping you. You kind of got this free flowing combat and and working on the combos. It's it's kind of a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's I love I love feeling it. I felt I felt like a Jedi. I did. Well, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Can't complain there, no. Um, but yeah, it's sort of like we don't. At the same time, you can just uh, button mash all you want, but then at the same time, we've added that little bit of extra depth in terms of like the, having the different button combinations because like a lot of young players now are more savvier to sort of these what we felt like more technically advanced sort of games. But like like kids play Fortnite from a very young age, you might find so it's sort of right. like people pick up on technology quite early on in terms of like what games are in this day and age. So it's sort of like. We just want to add a little bit more depth, but then it's still accessible for everyone, really. And I also want to point out that the, you know, that we talked about the combat a little bit, but there's, you know, you've got such a wide variety of sets and universes, but there's other things you can do. There's, there's like, I'm going to see in a minute, we can, we, you can fly in the game. And there's, so you've got some flying elements in the game as well. So there's, yep. you're really on the planets in the planets in the, here we with the Millennium Falcon. I mean, that's, those yep. are iconic and the Y wing, those are iconic and the X wing. Uh, yeah, I know my star Wars stuff. Uh, here's <laughs> so there's slave one. I mean, there's, there's so yep. many ships in here. It's amazing. 
yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's a quite the feat that we've managed to get as much as we can within this game because, of course, we want to truly represent the entirety of the Skywalker saga. Really, to actually like have all these iconic ships and vehicles and have all these planets that we want to travel to. So, like, it's really sort of it's really what we wanted fans to experience with this game. It's sort of like give them the galaxy. Let's yeah. see what what they can do within all these different areas that you've recognized from all the films, but that actually make it their own and find all these different collectibles across the world. It's, it's, it's been really fun to be part of. And one of the great things I noticed with your levels and, and the game design was you're, you're going through the levels and you're going through the story and there's a very specific, Hey, do you want to continue with the story or you have the option to kind of stop? And part of the Lego games is exploration and going through the levels and picking up some of the collectibles, right? Yeah, yeah. So that it goes back to my point about the freedom. It's sort of like you can just carry on with the story, but the more you progress with the key story missions, the more of these planets you actually unlock and they become available to you. So again, you've got that option as soon as you've in- unlocked Mos Eisley, for example, here, like you do have the option to just go around seeing what things you can discover, complete puzzles, speak to all these different uh, inhabitants of these areas. It's like completely up to the player, but like you do have the option to just go right ahead and continue with the story but like the more planets you unlock the more fun the game becomes and the whole thing just <laughs> I, sort of... I had not seen this clip of greedo that's pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah again it's a that's that's the cutscene team all over it's again what we're sort of known for in terms of throwing that british sort of human style that we throw into all the ideas that we're coming together it's just it's just been a blast to sort of see them all come to life yeah because that's again we talked about that a moment ago was that just the the cheekiness and the humor that's that's just fun and just i mean i you, you can't play 10 minutes of this game without having a smile a because you're playing in this star wars universe b because you're playing with legos and c there's just these funny moments you know the the reaction to the characters and the characters never verbally speak we certainly see something you know well they, they you know we yeah, the character voices, but the, some of those, yeah. some of those cutaways with the responses and the the reaction are just, just, just so brilliant. Yeah, it's sort of combining like as obviously in the past Lego Star Wars games, we had just the mumbles, and right. that's what mm, fans mm, came to. Yeah. yeah, so there's like even when we do have the voices now, you can have of course the mumble mode extra that you can throw on to have a bit of a throwback to what the old games used to be like but at the same time like even in some of the cutscenes you'll still hear the ums and ahs and ahs during the dialogue and such so it's really just sort of just a combination of what makes lego star wars what it is yeah and it's it's fantastic I mean, it's it's great because it's, it's available now uh and it's also available i'm just going to bring up my notes here it is uh you'll be able to play all nine films this is the first time you're going to be able to do that right i mean that's that's an incredible moment yeah, so of course we had the complete saga, which was episodes one through six, and then we did the standalone title for episode seven, Force Awakens. So when it came to adding episodes eight and nine, we just figured why not just recreate the entire saga. But then also we we obviously know a lot about one through seven in terms of Lego Star Wars, but then it's like we're taking on brand new uh, parts of the story with episode eight and nine. So it, that was fun to. Uh, come come up with stuff for that too and these are available i mean it's available on xbox it's available on playstation tell us about the platforms because you guys shipped on a lot of platforms yeah so uh, playstation 4 which you can upgrade to the ps5 version as well xbox uh, one xbox series x and s switch and 
PC, Steam, and Epic Game Store. I, I mean, it's it's pretty much available. I, I I highly recommend if you if you're I mean, I know there's I know a lot of people out there that have hit me up on social that have played the Lego uh, Star Wars games in the past. This is a must-have. This is like the definitive edition, the Skywalker Saga. It is a, a ton of fun. And uh, Mike Gonsalve, the level designer for TT Games, congratulations on shipping the game, and thanks again for another amazing Star Wars Lego experience. No, thank you. This has been great. And uh, yeah, it's just a shout out to the entire TT Games team. They've just done incredible work. And uh, yeah, we're extremely happy with this response. So it's uh, thank you for the kind words and uh, thank you for your time on here today. It's opening day, not just in Philly and San Francisco and in the Bronx, but for baseball gamers as MLB The Show 22 is now available with Xbox Game Pass for Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and with Xbox Cloud Gaming for those of you who are subbing to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members. Here to get us ready for the season, I'm very happy to welcome Ramon Russell from Sony's San Diego studio. How you doing, Ramon? I'm doing fabulous, Jeff. Thank you for having us again. I, I It's really great to have you here. It's really great to have MLB The Show uh, 22 on Xbox. Uh, I, you know, I was thinking about this. this. There's a lot of new features I'd love to be asking you about for, for 2022. It's the second season for MLB The Show on Xbox. The show's been going since 2006. You all have been, been making these games for a really long time. And, and I was wondering, like, how do you, as you go into, you know, as the game ships this week and you start thinking about, you know, what is going to add? What are you going to focus on for a given game? So, like, when, if you were to rewind a year ago when we were doing this interview, how did it go for you to say, this is, these are the things we want to focus on for MLB The Show 22? Right. So I think everything will fall into one of three buckets. Um, the first bucket is what are our fans expecting and looking for for us to continue to progress in areas of the game uh, that were good and maybe not so good? Um, so that normally boils down into gameplay and core modes. So gameplay, we introduced a new feature last year called Perfect Throws to Home. The first question we got asked last year was, we would love to have perfect throws to every base. So this year in MLB The Show 22, we now have that feature. You can now have a perfect throw to home, second, or third. So a lot of what we do is to continue building upon features that we've introduced to really flush them out. Because when we're designing features and we're thinking of uh, new things to do, we don't know if everybody's going to like it or not. Right. We won't know until the game's actually out. Uh, another feature from last year's game was uh, practice mode, custom practice. The one question we always got asked after the game came out, I would love to do fielding practice. Like I want to be able to practice robbing home runs and diving and turning double plays. Well, now we have fielding practice, right? And so that's another example of that first bucket. Um, that second bucket is we have a fabulous team of very talented um, designers and producers, and they're always trying to think of what's the next car. Like if, if we have horses, People would say they want faster horses, but what's the car? What's the feature that people don't know that doesn't exist yet, but it'll be really amazing? Um, for instance, last year, it was being able to parallel your Diamond Dynasty cards. If we asked 100 people what feature they wanted, no one would have mentioned that feature, but it's a feature that Kyle Blake came up with one day. He implemented it into the game and people loved it. So how do we expand upon those type of features? And, and what's the new thing that people want? Again, another feature that comes into mind is co-op. Not only just, okay, we need to do online co-op, but let's do online co-op and make it so that it doesn't matter what console you're on, you can do online co-op with your friends. 
And then that third bucket is future facing features or features that we've been working on where we have like a two, three or four and a five year plan. And at any given moment, we could be in a different stage for those features. For instance, March to October. It's now a few years that we've been working on March to October. So now you have multiple seasons. Last year, March to October, it was still one season and it did kick you into traditional franchise mode. But the evolution of that feature was we eventually wanted to be multiple seasons. And now it is. We want to give the user more player agency. We've done that. Uh, people want more franchise features. We've done that, but there's also a longer roadmap. So pretty much 100% of all the features, they tend to fit into one of those three buckets. And we're always trying to strive and make sure we put as much into the game every single year to make the purchase decision for the end user super easy. Like, oh, y'all worked on this, y'all worked on that. Gameplay's better, Road to the Show's better, Martial October's better. You've done all these things at Diamond Dynasty. I have to play MLB The Show this year. I, I love the the balance of the things that, you know, because your fans, they're going to let you know what they think immediately. And that's a oh, really yeah. valuable <laughs> source. But, but also the creativity at, that comes from within the studio. And I think uh, very... Very deep cut uh, from like the Ford quote there about faster horses, but you know, sometimes people don't <laughs> exactly. know that they wanted something until you gave it to them. And it's like, well, how did I, how do I live without it? Uh, big focus, it seems like, and, and there was some of this last year, but even more this year on onboarding new players. Um, you know, I hear there's uh, some, some new difficulty options now for those who need the extra help. In addition to all that extra fielding practice. You're yeah. So we've, we've added two new difficulty levels. Um, you know, beginner was one difficulty level. It was like, oh, we may need a difficulty level called amateur uh, because we're doing platform expansion again for the second year in a row. And we want to make sure that we can properly onboard new users uh, to MLB The Show uh, because the vast majority of our team, we've been working on this game for so long. We sometimes might kind of gloss over the fact that we're having a lot of people play this game for the first time ever. So we need to do everything that we can to make sure that they understand what's going on. So last year and the year before, as we've always done tutorials in the game, but this year we, we kicked it up a notch. Uh, we have a video series called Learn the Show, and they're on our YouTube channel, which breaks, breaks down the very basics of baseball and MLB The Show. Because a, a user who's been playing the game for a while, they can jump right in and they can start playing with pulse pitching or pinpoint pitching. They know what that is. If I'm buying the game for the first time, I have no idea what pinpoint pitching is. I might not even know the difference between a two-seamer and a cutter. So we still need to be able to talk to our new fans and explain to them, hey, this is how a two-seamer works. Hey, this is how a cutter works. When you're batting, there's not just one way to bat. There's three different ways to bat. And here are the different ways that you can bat. And so we have a brand new series called Learn the Show. And it'll be, I think, over 15 videos that really breaks down the game in the simplest term at a very basic level because we know that a lot of people are playing MLB The Show for the very first time. Yeah, I love that because I was like, do I use, why do I use a contact swing versus exactly. a, a normal swing? Or I, I'm one of these people that's like, well, I, I, I think I should use this pitch, but I don't really necessarily have anything to back that up. And you can watch that on, it's on MLBTheShow.com, correct? Yes, sir. Very cool. So um, perhaps the marquee mode and there's a lot of competition these days uh, on MLB. The show is Road to the Show. So what's what's new for Road to the Show this year? So for Road to Show and Ball Player, again, we're going back to continuously progressing modes in a year-by-year -year cadence and building upon things. Also listening to community feedback. And what's the thing in the middle that they don't know they, they that they want that we can create? 
So feedback we heard was we want multiple ball players. Maybe I don't want to be a two-way player. Maybe I want to make a pitcher and a hitter. So this year you can create multiple ball players. They wanted expanded archetype items. So this year you have more archetype items. Um, they wanted a, a better, more revamped progression. So we've worked on the progression. So every single year in every single mode, like we're always trying to attack it through that lens. Like, what are our fans looking for? How do we continue to make improvements and maybe rectify shortcomings because, you know, we're not psychic. What are the features that they don't know that they want that we can surprise people and delight people that they'll love? And what's that general progression that our various teams are working on on a year to year basis to continue to improve our legacy modes year over year? All right. So the season starting today, a couple games yesterday, uh, long season. I think we'll be playing well into November this year. Um, how does the game update and keep current with all the different happenings that will be happening between now and 162 games and playoffs? Right. It's a long season. The baseball season's long, but the MLB show development season is even longer. Like it doesn't end. It's we're 365, you know, 12 months out of the year. We eat, sleep and breathe baseball. Uh, we don't take a break. So as soon as the game comes out, we have our live content team and they're working on new live content to keep the game fresh. And at the same time, we're also monitoring how people are playing the game. We're looking out for any bugs or any issues so that we can continue to update the game and make sure that we can address any possible issues that come up throughout the season. So Ramon, uh, before I let you go, I know there were so many different things, so many different, uh, we had to bucket out all of the new things that uh, are getting added for MLB The Show 22. Anything I left out, anything you want to make sure people are sure to check out because you all have put a, you know, a lot of time into it or there's some nice, nice details you want to make sure are, are noticed? Well, I didn't mention, you know, we have a brand new commentary team, um, John Bushambi um, and Chris Singleton. They represent our brand new commentary team and how we view commentary moving forward. Uh, the same goes for presentation. You know, when you're playing MLB The Show, you're going to notice a lot of regional presentation packages because baseball is a very regional, spo uh, regional sport. If I'm a San Diego Padres fan, I'm watching the Padres probably on my local channels. So all of our OSD packages, our on-screen displays and the graphics that you see, we tried to give them more of a local hometown flair and have them be different per team. So commentary has been upgraded. You know, gameplay is always paramount, especially for sports games. You always want to make sure your gameplay is solid because if you're not having fun playing the game, it doesn't matter what you've done to like a March to October or Road to the Show or Diamond Dynasty, right? And luckily, you know, Chris Gill, the gameplay director, played baseball. He's been on a team almost 20 years now. And every single year, he's him and that team is continuing to improve gameplay as we're really striving to make the best baseball game possible. And this year, we think we're a little bit closer than we were last year. That's the journey, right? So, Ramon, thank mm -hmm. you so much for sharing uh, a lot of the detail in what is a probably the most detail-oriented sport that uh, exists on the in the world today. So I really appreciate you taking the time. And once again, you could be playing MLB The Show 22 right now via Xbox Game Pass on Xbox Series X and S on Xbox One and with Xbox Cloud Gaming. And hey, you can co-op with your friends on PlayStation and, and on Switch as well. So uh, something for everybody. Enjoy the season. And Ramon, thanks again for taking time to visit us here on the Xbox Podcast. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Nine years ago, ID at Xbox launched massive program, thousands of games that you have played on Xbox because of this program. Joining us today to celebrate nine years of Xbox is the director of ID at Xbox, Mr. Chris Charla Iocat. Chris, good to see you. 
Hey, how's it going? It is going great. I got to tell you, it doesn't seem like nine years. Wow. Where did the time go? (laughs) I know. It feels like yesterday. I mean, I still remember. um, Maybe you don't remember this, but I do. When we were at the thing where we first announced ID at Xbox, which was at at, at Gamescom, you had this amazing Xbox lapel pin. And I was like, Larry, that pin is so cool. And you were like, let me see what I can do. And then a few minutes later, I had an amazing Xbox lapel pin. And so it was awesome. We're a little more casual today. But yeah, that was an amazing. I remember being, I I miss Gamescom. Hopefully we can go back again sometime soon. Yeah. But ID at Xbox, I mean, what an incredible program, and congratulations to you and the team. I mean, we saw this, we saw your, first of all, we'll talk about the article in the Hollywood Reporter, of all things. I'm surprised you don't have sunglasses on, you're all Hollywood. Um, But ID at Xbox, I mean, it's been an amazing, uh, amazing, uh, almost decade. Tell us about some of the, you know, the journey that, that, you know, we got there, and then, you know, the past nine years, what that's been like. Yeah, it's been, it's been really cool, and I, and, you know, and, 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 there's two reasons for that, right? Like the number one reason is the developers, like the amazing, you know, back in the 360 era before, before uh, Xbox one launched, we had Xbox live arcade. Yep. We saw this amazing work that was being done by independent developers. And we kind of had the idea that like actually independent developers are, they're not just really cool. They're super important and they're going to continue to grow in importance. And, you know, and they're going to become one of the most important, you know, sort of drivers for amazing new games in the future. And the scene was moving faster than kind of Microsoft was moving in the 360 era. And so as we were getting ready for Xbox one, we said, Hey, we need to like stop, take a step back and think about like, hey, how do we serve these developers to like really maximize their success? Yep. And that was kind of the genesis of ID at Xbox. Just how do we make it easier for developers to ship? And if we can do that and then, you know, highlight really cool games, um, we know we're going to get an amazing flow of games. Our players are going to be super happy. And um, it's worked. It's kind of cool. Like- we were talking, at, we were, I know you listen to the show frequently, and Jeff and I and Rebecca were talking a few weeks ago about how, the ID at Xbox game, sometimes like nowadays, there's like titles that show up in the ID at Xbox program that you think were AAA titles and some AAA. It's just it's all the the lines have blurred quite a bit, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Like there's there's no you know, and and I think the best place to look at that is E3 because at E3 yeah. we yeah. used to kind of have an ID at Xbox section, which was awesome, you know, and we would have you know like you know games from ID developers and a montage of ID developers, and at a certain point, you know, a few E3s ago, it was like. Well, wait a minute. The media briefing is going to just be that that section is going to be like too long. Right. And 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 at that point, we kind of I feel like we graduated because we were like, all right, we don't need somebody on stage talking about this. These games just stand on their own. And now if you look at an E3 briefing, you know, again, like the number of minutes that come from independent developers, a huge portion of the show, but it's peppered throughout. It's like those games just stand on their own now. And um, it, it, it it's really cool. I remember we had you on a few years ago. We have you on frequently, and it's always great to have you on. So thank you for joining us. But I want to we, we talking about the nine year anniversary of ID at Xbox, and without it, you know, games are what it's all about. But I also want to talk about a really important part is that in in the in the um, in the article that you posted, the blog post on Xbox Wire, two point five billion dollars in royalties. Buh, yeah. Billion. That's amazing. <laughs> it feels like I mean two point five. I mean that's a lot of money. 
You know yeah. what I mean? That is, it is astounding. And, you know, when we talked to developers before we started the program and when we talked to developers today, and we, like, you know, we always ask, like, what do you want? Like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? And, and the answer is really always the same. It's I want to keep doing this. Yeah. Like I make games. I want to keep making games. This is my art. I want to continue it. And the fact that we're able to provide developers this incredibly sustainable place where they can make games and continue to make games and know that there's this amazing audience of Xbox players who are excited to play those games, excited to download those games, buy them. It's just fantastic. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a hit driven industry, like, like any entertainment medium and yep. not, not yep. every game succeeds, but Games have the, you know, that come through the ID program or, or just come to Xbox generally have the potential to have just like life changing sales results. And that it feels awesome. Let's I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the program you talked about the, you know, enabling these these developers and getting their game titles out there. And I love tweeting about, you know, all the games that are released and the ID at Xbox games. But what's another thing I want to talk about is how it's layered on top of Game Pass and what Game Pass has done to really accelerate a lot of these developers and the success they've had. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's been fantastic. So, uh, you know, a, a huge number of developers that take have taken advantage of the Game Pass program, had their games be in Game Pass, whether at, at launch or after launch. And it's driven like a level of discovery and downloads for these games that be really hard to achieve yeah. otherwise. Yeah. And, 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 and then the developers end up seeing, you know, First of all, that just creative success that comes from people playing your game is just like a fantastic feeling. Second, you know, great sales success on Xbox. And then third, it builds awareness across the industry. So when these games come out on other platforms as well, which they do, um, everybody knows about them because everybody's talking about them when they launch into Game Pass, people are streaming them. And so it really creates this kind of um, virtuous cycle where people are playing the games through Game Pass, they're buying the games, they're seeing the games on other platforms and it and it's really helped developers. And it's it's a case where, you know, sometimes people say like, well, does it, does it really work? And, you know, we ask ourselves this question all the time. And when we see developers coming back to us to sign up, for a second game in Game Pass, a third game in Game Pass, a fourth, a fifth game in Game Pass. To us, that's kind of the extrinsic evidence, like, yes, this is working. We know it works for fans. Yeah. And 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 that shows to us that it's really working for developers, too. 3,000 independent titles available on Xbox over the past nine years. Tell us, I mean, I know it's, I don't want you to pick your favorite. I don't want you to do that. But tell us about some of the highlights in terms of not just the experiences, but some of the games and the teams that you've got to work on, because you've flown around the world to work uh, with a bunch oh, of different yeah. teams. And that's like the most fun part. It's just getting to work. You know, I, I used to be a developer. I love developers. I love that creative You used, used to be a journalist just, before that. I, I was a journalist, <laughs> then a developer, now a platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, it's just awesome getting to talk to people and, and getting to talk to people where it's like their first game is just always really special. Like yeah, their first game yeah. that they're shipping on console is like is really cool, but getting to hang out with the veterans is is really cool too. And um, you know, it's it's hard to pick out a specific game, so I think I'll just talk about some recent games. So one that's like still devouring all my time is uh, Tunic. Uh, which I just finished just like, it. Oh, nice! I'm I not just there yet. It. I'm yeah, just... it's 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 hard. It's by the way, you're in the credits. Oh, nice <laughs> as usual. Um, uh, yeah, like that game is so like I've just been completely sunk into that game. Um, Shredders, which is this like ridiculous looking snowboarding game that I'm pretty sure we had at E3 a couple years ago, and then um, RPG Time Legend to Write, which 
right. I definitely encourage people to check out. It's this really neat. Imagine you're a third grader in Japan. You just want to be home playing RPGs, but you're stuck in like study hall. And so you're <laughs> sketching in your notebook. You're using your eraser to be a character. And it, it sort of recreates that experience. And it's just such a like, um, like a charming, cozy kind of experience. It's just like really, really neat. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and that's the beauty of, of the ID program is there's a lot of games that have seen the light that normally would never have seen the light that large AAA developers or publishers would say, nah, you know, pass, pass, pass. And I'm sure you've heard stories where, oh, so-and-so developer or publisher passed on us, but you gave us life. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're always excited to highlight those things. And I think the beauty of independent games is it gives the developers freedom to focus on something uh, as narrow or broad as they want to. They yeah. can take an, a, a really simple idea and just execute it well and ship that, or they can go like Tunic, which took like a, a kind of big idea and, and you know, Dicey spent like years and years on it. And, um, and then you play this game that is so much deeper than you could ever imagine, like yeah. all the secrets and golden, like I won't give anything away, but there's like so much there. And they... Just developers having the freedom to just really explore those ideas is is fantastic. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when I finished Tunic and which which I played many, 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 many hours, but the uh, when I saw the credits and I said you were in the credits, there's there's like you're right. I had Dicey on a few weeks ago, um, the main developer, and I was like, he did all this. Oh my, wow! I mean, it is it is deep. It is complicated. There's puzzles. There's story. I mean, it is an amazing world that he's built. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. I mean the the, I mean, I want the the manual. You know what I mean? Like when I first got the manual page, right when I started playing the game, because I'm one of these people. Once we sign a game and I'm excited about it, I try to learn nothing else about it. Like yeah. I don't play. I try not to play builds early. I'm with you. you. Know, I, I really just I just want to experience the finished product. And so I see this manual page. You know, in the pause menu, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. It looks really neat. And then you start to get into it and you start to realize and what collect it is them and all. And yeah, yeah, and it's like I. It's, it's just, I mean, that kind of creativity and just drive and passion on the screen is just, uh, it's just so amazing. Are you surprised? We talked at the beginning a few minutes ago about the Hollywood Reporter article, and I could put a link to that, which, you know, it was great to see you in Hollywood Reporter talking about the development of games. And it's amazing. I say this every week, it feels like how games have contributed to, um, you know, to Hollywood and Hollywood has contributed to games. It's now part of the the virtuous entertainment cycle. So what was that like, you know, just being interviewed by Hollywood Reporter, the, the you know, the mainstream, you know, entertainment press? <laughs> It was scary. Um, I'm not like, like you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of comfortable, you know, a lot of times talking to games journalists, but talking to somebody from outside games is it's scary. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't know if they get games. But actually, Trilby, who's the, the reporter who did the um, the stories, is fantastic and you know loves games and and it, and it was it was great. But I was I was nervous, but it was neat. You know, like my mom doesn't read a lot of like video game magazines, but she texted me after. Is that. she reading the Hollywood Reporter? Is she's out by the yeah, pool just, having her you know, martini? <laughs> yeah, you know, she lives in Southern California. You know how that is. Uh, you know the the other thing I want to talk about is a few weeks ago we had the Game Developer Conference GDC, and you we announced a bunch of new things there. So we've got ID at Xbox, we've got Game Pass, but now we have ID at Azure. Tell us, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about that program a few weeks ago, but could you explain to us what it really means and unlocks for, for new developers? 
Yeah, absolutely. So basically, you know, we have, you know, Azure, which is our cloud platform. We have a lot of Azure gaming tools from Azure PlayFab to like other things. And we realized that we had an opportunity to do a better job of like getting out there to everybody um, and all independent developers, um, leveraging some of the same kind of backend tools that we built for ID at Xbox. And ID at Azure is for Anybody who wants to use cloud in their games, definitely not limited to Xbox. So if you're developing for PlayStation, Switch, iOS, Android, PC, Xbox too, of course. Um, but it's really for people who are just looking for, you know, cloud solutions for gaming, whether it's for a multiplayer game, a server-based game, or even like a single-player game where somebody wants to add telemetry to the game so they can see where maybe people are getting stuck or, you know, how much time people are spending on different puzzles, that kind of thing, um, both for pre-release and post-release. Yeah. And um, so it's been it's been really cool. And Nick Ferguson, who actually was part of the original virtual team that helped start ID at Xbox. He went off and did some other things and now he came back to Microsoft to run uh, ID at Azure. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You, I, I know that you're looking up the pipeline. When I say the pipeline, the games that are coming out in six months, you know, a year, two years, three years and beyond. Um, are you excited to see what the ID at Azure program is going to unlock for game experiences that maybe we've never been able to have before? Yeah, absolutely. Like back in the, Dawn ID, you know, people would ask me like, oh, well, what kind of games are you excited to see? And I would just say like, games I can't imagine, you know, and, and then we got games we couldn't have imagined games like Cuphead, games like Tunic, games like RPG time. Um, and I have the same answer for ID Azure. I think yeah. when you take the, the creativity and sort of artistic passion of independent developers and you combine it with any new technology, whether it's, you know, digital downloads, which kickstarted the indie movement to begin with, or cloud technology, they're going to do things that are just unimaginable in, in the best possible way. And so that's, that is what I'm really excited to see. And, and knowing even just a couple of things that are going to be coming down the line, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be amazing. When you when you look forward, and we talked about looking forward and looking back, it's really great to see look in the rearview mirror and see the the billions of dollars that we've you contributed to developers, and have really made. I mean, we talk about Cuphead, which, if I remember correctly, was really just like a, a video, and they turned it into a game, and now it's back. You know, it's a Netflix series. That's a that's an amazing one of many, 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 many stories that you've seen, right? Yeah, absolutely. It it, it is like, and you know, and again, like Cuphead was, you know like a tiny team who'd never made a game before and like they just had an idea (laughs) had an idea saw that they could get a game engine and get started and just did it i mean and then put in years and years of like back breaking work and and everything you actually need to do to be successful you know in a creative endeavor and um and they've been incredibly rewarded for that success It, it feels good like every time you know, well, I'll be honest, I just like approved a royalty payment for Cuphead like 15 minutes ago. And I was like, Cuphead's still doing great. You know, and it, it, and that, <laughs> like, wow. it feels like it feels awesome. And it just really feels great to, you know, you, you meet game developers and, you know, by and large, they are like fantastic people who are super passionate. And then to see them have you know, the creative success that they, or in the commercial success that they, that they want, yeah. it, it kind of tells you two things. One is like players are getting to enjoy these games. And two is they're getting to be able to make more games. And, and I, I just feel like we're in a, we're in a creative boom in video games right now, not just in indie space, but I would say across all video games that in like 
a hundred years people are going to be talking about. Like, I, yeah. that sounds a little bonkers, but I, I really think it's true. Like, what's being done in games now is just like so important for entertainment. Well, you know, I know, I know, I need to let you go because you're busy and you have more uh, royalty payments to approve. Uh, <laughs> but, but tell us what folks can do right now. Maybe someone's in high school or junior high or college, and they or not, maybe they just have a regular. You know, they're just not working in the games industry. They have an idea. What's their go-do to go kind of start thinking about how to get involved in the ID at Xbox program? Yeah, so I think, um, so if they, I would say the first thing to do is to download an engine, whether that's Unreal Engine, whether it's Unity, whether it's Game Maker, that's going to get you like a huge portion of the way to where you're thinking more about your game idea than you are thinking about the underlying technology. Right. The next thing I do, honestly, is like look for tutorials online, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's just on somebody's blog. There's unbelievable tutorials that can get you started. There's lots of links to sample code. And then when you're ready to, to show the game to the world, head to you know xbox.com slash ID, join ID at Xbox, send us a build or a video, and you know maybe your game's going to be on console and the world's going to be playing it. Maybe it could be on the E3 stage in a few years in one of Absolutely. our presentations, right? That's anything's Absolutely. possible. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like, no question. I mean, the number of games that have been on the e3 stage where it was the person's first console game is staggering way higher than you might guess yeah. <laughs> that's that's a great point i mean it could be it, you right now you out there it could be you or you know once you once you kind of get those things together make sure you hit up chris on twitter you can see his twitter at iocat right there you can find him there chris charla head of id at xbox congratulations on nine amazing years in the program we're looking for many 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 more and i know we're just so thrilled to have over 3,000 ID at Xbox games out there and many more to come. Chris, thanks again. Yes, thanks a lot. Thank you to Chris, Ramon, and Mike for those interviews. Great job, guys. A lot of fun stuff this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of other things happening this week, I have a couple updates that I'll start with before punting over to Jeff for the rest of the news. First, we actually have the Sonic the Hedgehog DLC on Minecraft, which came out last year in June. But there has been an update, which brings back uh, a new level called the Labyrinth Zone. If you guys are familiar with it, it also includes a lot of Easter yeah. eggs. Um, there's five new character skins and also a Knuckles t-shirt in the Minecraft character creator that people can try out. But I think the Easter eggs are going to be the big one. Like go back into check it out after this updates come out, check out the Labyrinth Zone and find the Easter eggs. I don't know if you saw, but uh, at the premiere for Sonic 2, which took place this week, IGN, I guess they had gotten a hold of some of the fuzzy controllers and they put them in Idris Elba's hands. Idris Elba right. being not just the famous actor, but also the voice of Knuckles in this in this movie. And his reactions were just were great. Was he like impressed or was he like, what the heck is this? Mortified. When he, he was he <laughs> was handed a fuzzy controller. He thought I think his reaction was something to the effect of like, did you cut your slippers up and just paste them to the this controller? But then when he hit the button and it lit up, I think he was very impressed with it. That right. it was like, no, this is like a it's legit a functional controller. Exactly. Although again, dry clean only, you right. know, you, you, for display, um, <laughs> you really don't want to get, you know, chocolate or soda. It's not, it's not waterproof yeah. or clean. Yeah, it's, it is not. More no. of a conversation piece. Yeah. It'll be, exactly. up, on the, it'll be yes. up on the wall. Okay. Anyway, Jeff, what other news do you got? Yeah, Jeff, what do you got over there? All right. Pretty eventful week, I have to say. So we talked about uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, and MLB The Show 20. I'm watching this behind me. I'm like, is this an actual game like happening right now? <laughs> right? It's opening day for the MLB as, as, as we're doing this. Or is this the game? I mean, it looks 
So good. Stunning. Um, it looks really good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I was just very distracted by that. But also out this week, uh, Godfall Ultimate Edition. We talked about that last week. Um, and so uh, all the updates and all of the improvements uh, since it launched on uh, on PS5, I want to say, is now uh, brought to Xbox. So enjoy that. Chrono Cross. This is a game that came out in like the 90s on the PS1, classic JRPG that predates Xbox. Well, there is something called the Radical Dreamers Edition, which is also available this week. Uh, and it's an HD remaster of it. So if you've ever heard of Chrono Trigger, this was the sequel to that. And it's considered like an all-time great. I want to say like the Metacritic back in the day was like in the mid-90s. So uh, definitely something I want to take a look at. Um, and if you're a member of Xbox Game Pass, you're an Ultimate member, you have access to EA Play, Dragon Age 2, Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare, and Star Wars Squadrons, they're all now available through cloud streaming, which is yes. uh, always cool. A couple of uh, updates to games. Uh, so, uh, Larry, you're a pirate legend, aren't you're you? You're darn right. In fact, I believe <laughs> I am the only pirate legend on the podcast. Is that right, Jeff? Is that right, Rebecca? That, uh, that is yes. correct. I am yes. a pirate uh, fart in the wind because <laughs> i've not wow I've, I've accomplished not a heck of a lot but i have gotten a sail with you so i'm uh, i'm one degree of separation from captain major lord nelson uh the um pirate legend well anyway sea of thieves this is legends week so we're saluting you larry uh and so now through april 11th uh there's all kinds of celebrations in-game promotions and there's going to be a legend of the veil voyage that they're going to be teasing so let's take some time to, to salute you larry and well this legend. weekend if you are a pirate legend i think you can log in and they'll you'll get a there'll be a free gifted item if you're a pirate legend so there's plenty of time oh, to cool. let, let us know how it is let us know how the other half Sale well, I brought because... you into the secret clubhouse, Jeff, didn't I? <laughs> you did, actually. He did. He let me in. He lifted the velvet rope and got me in. Oh, the you were his plus house. one. Well, exactly. I was his plus one. They gave me the side eye, though. Like the, the bouncer was just like, you don't belong in here. Uh, also, coming up next week, uh, Back for Blood. We had a lot of fun playing Back for Blood uh, when it hit Game Pass yeah. earlier this summer. So, there's a new DLC that's going to be coming out next week, April 12th, called Tunnels of Terror. Um, so it's got new areas uh, and new new cleaners. Cleaners are the players that you use. Yeah, I did like characters. my doctor, but I, I want to check out the 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 cleaners. But what's cool about it is if you if one it is a, a paid DLC. If one person gets it in the party, all the people in the party can access it. Um, so only one person has to have. I love I love that mechanic. I mean, some, I remember back in the day with 360. So there were some games that were experimenting with that. Where like if I downloaded, I bought the map. Everybody in the party had the map. So I think I think that's a really cool mechanic, and it gets more people playing online, which is really the most important thing. So I don't know who's going to buy the yeah. map if it's going to be uh, you, Rebecca, or you, Jeff, but you know, or me. So I'll it'll be. And why don't? How about the pirate legend will treat? And by the way, I just want to say, Larry, you're one in a million. Because there's literally a million of you. There's a million pirate legends <laughs> looking at the story here. So wow, um, nice, nice one. You know, with like eight billion people in the world, even if you're one in a million, there's still eight thousand of you. So um, something to keep in mind. Really makes you think, doesn't it? So we had talked about uh, about a month ago the spring spotlight, the spring game spotlight. Well, between March eighth and this week, when you're listening to this, Xbox has released. 40 different titles, games like Tunic and Shredders, MLB The Show 22. So you can earn all kinds of rewards points for playing those. So you're going to want to take a look. We have a story up on Xbox Wire. You want to get those rewards points. Of course, you can donate them or you can convert those into months of Game Pass. But who else rewards you simply for playing these games? 
Well, we do. That's what, we do. that's what matters there. There is a, also as part of this a spring sale uh, through April 21st. So you can save up to 80% on uh, certain Xbox games, Forza Horizon 5, Elder Scrolls Online, Mortal Kombat 11. These are all part of it. Different percentages off for each one, um, but just check your store. Let the savings just wash over you like a pirate legend might, you know. I like that. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm still workshopping that. You know, I, I, uh, we talked about Legos. It's okay. (laughs) No, don't. Now you're, now you're making me feel worse. We, we talked about Lego Star Wars and the Lego. I posted this on Instagram. Um, the Lego Star Wars team sent me this puzzle that it was a, it was a puzzle made out of Legos. You can't just disassemble it. You had to like turn something and pull something. And inside of it was the, the coolest little minifig. Check this minifig out. It's, it's young Luke. Luke. What's, What's Luke holding? It is the Luke Skywalker with blue milk. <laughs> For those of you who remember well, the blue milk from the last, uh, last the, was it the Banthas? Oh. Did they milk the Banthas? No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was, it was he, the big, was that the, yeah. big, the big animals that were up on it, that he, that were living isn't, with him up on the cliff. Isn't that a Bantha? No, the Bantha is what the, was um, the Bantha. The Bant- no, the, no, please, Jeffrey. The Bantha is what is uh, the the Tuscan Raiders. Oh yeah, not a Bantha. Not yeah. a Bantha. So I'm gonna look this up. Are you, so I wait a minute. Are you a Star Trek fan? Is that are we are we setting up lines of division here? I mean, I did like Next Generation, but um, I've are you been looking? A are you are you fact checking since. me real time? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. okay, that's fine. Tell me how I did. Wait, it says the blue milk have- from the Bantha. Oh, it's green milk that he's that old Luke is drinking in in the newer the newer one on the island. Within the Star Wars universe, blue milk comes from a bantha, you know a horned what? herbivore animal native to Tatooine. So now, I f- I I, st- dis- I stand corrected. I will I will take that, Jeff, because it's funny if you look on the packaging, you can see that's clearly Tatooine in the background. So you are correct, oh great one. Okay. You really I laid think, it on thick here. Like you were like, really, really, Jeff. You really. No, I, I remember it from the uh, from. Do you remember it from the last movie, Rebecca? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think that the that's why I was confused because I was like, well, why do they have young Luke drinking it? I don't remember. Right. I don't really remember. Got a, blue by the way, milk, he's even got a blue milk yeah. mustache. <laughs> that's cute. I like it. Anyway, uh, I just want to point. All that right, out. let's see it. Are you going to pull it out? Well, no, I got to put it together. He's gonna oh. sell that. That's gonna put his kid through college one day. I got. I got to put the whole thing together. So yeah, to, it's, it's got. You need to have that be mint in the box. You got to get it graded, etc. Anyway, uh, all right. Well, that's that's kind of all I have for this week. How you, you guys? Well, uh, I think we'll wrap things up here. Um, yeah, you don't want me to correct you on a bunch of other stuff. Well, I've, I've. You know what? I I will <laughs> nice. always tell you if I'm wrong, but I I was wrong. I ha- here. I have a I have a question for our listeners. Yes. Um, oh yeah. If folks want to share, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing crazy, but I'm just curious if there are any uh, unexpected gems you've been finding in Xbox Game Pass lately. I would just love to hear about them. Any kind of unique titles? Um, you know, I know that Larry keeps talking about like the pedestrian, for example. That's another one I've been mm-hmm. looking at and want to try. It's just kind of like in the middle of the list. Um, so if you have any cool games on Xbox Game Pass that you know might not might not have otherwise seemed, you know, super uh, 
apparent. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the word, <laughs> but you know, a lot of games get like a lot of like, um, like promotion on Xbox game pass. But if you have any that have kind of maybe like flew under the radar, we'd love to hear about them. So you could submit the questions through Spotify, right? Yep. Is that Larry? Can you yep. give the instructions? <laughs> yeah, Just go over to Spotify. And if you're on, if you're on this episode on Spotify, whether, you know, cause we have, this is by the way, this is one of the few video podcasts on Spotify. So you can scroll down and you'll see the question. We'll put it in right there. Some of the, some of the better answers, oh, we'll see all the answers and you can see all the answers as well. We'll pin some of the better ones, and then next week when Rebecca's back, assuming she's not going to the Caribbean again, uh, we'll have we'll read some of those suggestions off. So, what is your, uh, you know, what are some of those Game Pass gems? Because there's hundreds of games on Game Pass, and there's it's impossible to play them all. But we try to tell you about some of the best. You were wrong about the blue milk, but you were right about the pedestrian. Uh, the oh my god! <laughs> I feel I I am so embarrassed about the blue milk thing, uh, but I did I did get the fact that it was the, that the the Tuscan Raiders ride the Banthas, right? I did get yes. That. Yes. Yes. yes, You can ride it. You can milk it. What can't you do? We'll uh, we'll let you guys go. We'll be back next week. Rebecca, welcome back. Uh, Jeff, welcome back from wherever you were. And dear listeners, thank you for bearing with us this entire time. All right. We'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. 